Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Babes Who Manifest podcast. I am your host, Luanza, aka The Gratitude Chick. This episode is sponsored by Goalie Gummies, a perfect addition to your wellness routine. Are you looking for a delicious way to support your overall health? Goalie ACV gummies are made with vitamin B9 and B12 to help support healthy nutrient metabolism and immune function. I have partnered with Goalie to give all of my listeners 20% off and free shipping. Use my coupon code at checkout, the gratitude chick, all one word, to take advantage of this offer. Their website is www.goli.com. That is www.goli.com. Also, don't forget to follow me on all of my social media platforms at The Gratitude Chick for Facebook and Instagram, at Babes Who Manifest Podcast for Facebook and Instagram, at Babes Who Manifest for TikTok, and Gratitude underscore Chick for Twitter. and welcome back to another episode of Manifesting in the Bible. So today, today's episode is going to be entitled, The Power in Your Words. And the reason why I decided to title it that is because the one thing that we do all day long besides breathing is talking. And I think it has gotten away from us to choose the words that we say. A lot of time it is word vomit. And it is one of the reasons why I tell you guys to say a gratitude rampage. Because when you're thinking along the lines of gratitude, you just kind of let the words flow. But when you're not, and you're just kind of... You know, on someone's Facebook post or Instagram post or Twitter, TikTok, and you're commenting things. It's It always strikes me as weird that there's in your bio, man of God or woman of God, but then what you're saying under these blog posts are contradictions to what you are saying that you are or whose you're saying that you are. So if you're a man of God or a woman of God or just a peacekeeper or whatever that you just whatever positive adjectives that you are describing yourself as in your um, in your bios, that should be the person that you represent as you peruse social media. But oftentimes those two do not sync. So I, I just wanted to do a post or, excuse me, an episode today about your words, how to, or just kind of a reminder of choosing better things and reminding you guys that whatever way that you are judging other people and, and putting these negative things out against other people, you are sowing that seed to come back to you because karma comes for us all. What you guys say is karma, I say the law of sowing is and reaping. 
And whatever seeds you're out here sowing, whether on social media or in your daily life, you're going to reap that harvest, whether to your betterment or your detriment. People often think karma is negative, but karma is there for your betterment or your detriment. It doesn't have a favorite. It is just going to give you back what you put out. So while most people use karma and say, your karma's going to get you. Well, if, you're, if you've been sowing good seeds, I'll take that good karma. So just make sure that you guys remember that karma does not have a favorite. It is about what you are out there sowing, what you are out there doing. Because whatever you're putting out into the universe, it is like an echo. And you are going to bring that back to yourself. So in that in that vein, I found a couple scriptures about your words that I do want to read. And um, I found several, but I am going to read just, um, uh-oh, just two. And one of them comes from Matthew. And it is Matthew chapter 12. And chapter 12 is such a a very, very long chapter. But I'm just going to start and I'm going to read chapter 12 verses 33 through 37. I think it's important to have context. A lot of times when people give you one scripture, it lacks context. So you're using this scripture to prove a point that the scripture may not even you know, been intended to prove because the scripture goes with other scriptures and it is about context. So I am going to read um, the scriptures surrounding this. And it's going to start with verse 33. And I did pray before I press record. Either make the tree good and its fruit good or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad for a tree is known by its fruit. Brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth good things. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure, brings forth evil things. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give an account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words, you will be justified. And by your words, you will be condemned. And this is, the, the target scripture was 37. But the entire, the entire passage really is proving the point that I'm trying to make. And it, it literally is letting, he's letting you know, these are, this is Jesus talking. And he's literally saying, either what's coming out of you is good fruit or it's bad fruit and the two are are polar opposites so you can't sit up and say that you're this person but speak in a different way so if you're you know if your profile and what you portray to people is that you're a good person and and understand me when I'm saying this I'm speaking to all of us including me because I am not guiltless so if you're, if we, let's, let me just say this right. If we are saying that we are good people and we are striving and we're trying to change and all of these good things 
that we are doing for ourselves to change our our mindsets and things like that. But then we go and contradict our actions by arguing with people we don't know or saying things about celebrities that we don't know. You have now put yourself in a different position. You have X'd out who it is that you're saying that you are. Because in reality, what you are is this person who is the speaker of evil. Why? Because the Bible says right here in verse number 34, he says, brutal vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? Right? If you're evil, are you going to speak good things? Are you going to speak who you are? And then he says, and, and this, I want you guys to listen to this. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And what does that mean? Whatever is in your heart is going to come out your mouth. So if you are, if you are a person that's seen a picture of Beyonce and you don't like Beyonce, but you don't, you know, your friends and family, whoever you've made this facade for, doesn't know that you're the type of person to tear someone down that you don't know. They may not know this about you, but you've made this profile on Instagram and now Beyonce shows up on your feed and you just tear her down. Guess what? That is who you are. You're not this facade that you've built for yourself. You are the person that sits under social media posts and tearing people down that you don't know. And that is why verse 37 says, for by your words, you will be justified and by your words, you will be condemned. Because in verse 36, it says, But I say to you that that for every idle word men may speak, they will give an account of it in the day of judgment. So this, this, um, the purpose of me reading this scripture is to let you guys know in, in our, in our journey to betterment, our words are helping to create the lives that we want. And what you are thinking, your most dominant thoughts, your subconscious mind is creating that in your life. But guess what? If you are sitting on social media, tearing people down, guess what's going to happen? Or guess what is happening? What What is coming out of your mouth? Those things that you're typing on your computer, on your phone, that is in your subconscious mind, guys. That's there. When the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, it is talking about our subconscious minds. That's what it's talking about. Whatever you are building up here in your subconscious mind, once you sit there on social media and say and say these things about this person that you don't know, guess what you're doing? You are sowing seeds. And, and when the harvest comes, all of that negativity you spread will come back to you. And one thing I want you guys to realize is this. Just because you sit up and talk bad about someone, don't think for a second that when karma comes back to you, you're going to get somebody to talk bad about you. That's not how it works. It is about negativity. So if you are on social media or talking, you know, saying things negatively about anybody, it, your karma can come back in any way. It could come back in the subject matter that you're saying. If you're saying that this person is ugly, 
that doesn't mean that someone's going to sit back, you know, sit back um, on social media and call you ugly. It could just mean that, guess what? You may be ugly going forward. You That ugliness that resides inside of you will start coming out on your face where you will be what you said that this person is. So it doesn't have to be exact. And a lot of people think, oh, well, I can handle this. You don't know how you're going to get that karma back. You don't know that harvest the same way with abundance. Even if I sow a $10 seed to someone, do you think I'm just going to get the $10 back? No, I'm probably going to get back about $100. That's just, that's the, that's the, the law of sowing and reaping. You, at least in, in my experience, I always reap more than what I've sown. And that has been to my betterment and to my detriment no joke so I want to caution you guys be careful about what you are typing on social media and the reason why I say this is because I had to go and unfollow a lot of pages back in um, when we really had nothing to do (laughs) during quarantine I was following every every news outlet there was on Facebook and it was just so much fighting and contentiousness about masks and um you know the MAGA people was going crazy and you know it was just a lot of contentiousness and I was in there just lambasting people you understand and it really didn't even start there the first time I started just going off was doing the elections when Trump won. And I was just, I, the anger that rolled through my body because it, it wasn't the anger that he won. It was the anger that so many people decided not to vote, thereby allowing him to win. There were something like 46% of Americans that chose not to vote. And that lit a fire that every time Trump did anything I called people on my timeline assholes for not voting because it was a lot of people that would come to my page and say no I chose not to vote and you know what I did I called them assholes every time every time Trump did something that you know the the nation was just like "Are, are you kidding me and I would blame it on the people who didn't vote and I would just say stuff like it's your fault all of you assholes that didn't vote that is how I was And that was in 2016. That is when it started for me. And that was just on my own page. It didn't start with me actually going in on people I didn't know until quarantine with the whole mask. And and it was just simply because they, they reel you in with these stories. And once you click on the story and you read it, and then you go to the comments. And once you just type your comment, your comment could just be whatever you thought about the story you just read. But then you scroll through the comments and then you see someone saying something really rude and ignorant. And just like that, boom, you're in a full-on war of the worlds in the comments with someone you don't know and you've not even clicked on their profile picture to see who they are, where they're from, anything. And I realized that I am just, you know, I just went too far. And at this point, it's just like, 
my stress level was high because I'm in fights all over the world with people <laughs> on social media. And I was just like, how did I get here? Like, how, why am I literally sitting here fighting with people about, you know, mass mandates and, you know, protests and, you know, especially when it came out that all the people who were lighting the fires was not Black Lives Matter people, but they were showing pictures of white people who, you know, turned out to be police officers from other states and they were just like inciting the riot. They were the ones who started the riot. It was just crazy during that time. And I was just on a thousand, like, like literally I was just walking around in kerosene underwear, you know, and I just, it was a crazy time, you know, and that was that is a huge lesson for me, and it's why I do not, you know, listen to. Um, I don't watch the news. That's that's not why I don't watch news. It's why I don't follow the news on social media, just simply because it's just too much of a trigger for me, and I don't want to get caught up in, you know, slapping people around in the comments. That's <laughs> That's just not something that I, I want. It, it, it is such a stressor to sit and argue with people who are have polar opposite views than you, who, you know, don't care about the things that your ancestors went through. And, you know, people who want to say that, you know, being called a Karen is the same thing as being, you know, called the N-word and, you know, things like that. And it, that lights your fire. It's, it's gaslighting at, at its, you know, most volatile, you know. So that is the reason why I don't follow, you know, those news organizations on my Facebook page or Instagram, you know, and Twitter I do, but it's to me, it's harder to argue via Twitter, even though some people do. I literally just read the stories and I don't, you know, it's not the same as Facebook. For some reason, I see it different. But I said all of that to say so you guys can understand where I'm coming from with the reason, you know, for this episode and why I feel it's so important that we have to be in control of the words that we say. Because our words have power. We have been given the, the ability and the power to speak and create using our words. So how dare we go and say and, you know, essentially curse other people with our words you know at this point we have taken the gift from God to be able to speak and and call those things that be not as though they were and we've turned them into cursing on other people you know and this is why I say social media has turned otherwise normal people regular people hard-working people into assholes. It gives them permission to sit behind their phone with a profile that may or may not be them and just talk and say the shittiest thing to people. It really has. And excuse my language because it's it's very mind-boggling to me when I sit back and think of who I was as a person and how I used to argue with people I don't know. And and, and as a person over 40, shame on you, you know? 
that's not something you should be doing. But then, you know, I was sitting there talking to people in their 60s. You know, they were giving me back the same I was giving them. And we were just creating a ball of negative energy. You know, we've never seen each other. And we'd never say these things to these people to their faces if we saw one another. At least I wouldn't. I'm not, I wasn't raised that way. So it's just be careful with social media. Be careful, you know. And I I just want to reiterate, by your words, you will be justified. And by your words, you will be condemned. We are doing those things to ourselves, you know. So, um, I know I kind of went off the deep end with that one. Or maybe not. I hope you guys understood where I'm coming from. Okay, so this last scripture is... um, John and it's John chapter 17 it's going to start with verse 6 and we're going to read down to verse 19 now this is a prayer that Jesus prayed for his disciples so I want you guys to listen to the words that I'm saying and Jesus says I have manifested your name to the men whom you have given me out of the world now he's again praying to God about his disciples They were yours, you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they have known that all things which you have given me are from you. For I have given to them words which you have given me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I come forth from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours." And all are mine, I'm sorry, and all mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. Now I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to you. Holy Father, keep through your name those whom you have given me, that they may be one as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those whom you gave me, I have kept. And none of them is lost except the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word. And the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself, that they also may be sanctified by the truth. So, in this prayer, the reason why I I prayed it, the reason why I chose this scripture is before verse 17. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. And by proxy of God's word being truth, Jesus' word is truth. And as he said in this scripture, by proxy of his word being truth and him being sanctified, we are sanctified and our word is truth, right? So whatever you are saying to these people or to anyone in your life, it is a a blessing or a curse and it is a truth 
It doesn't have to be their truth, but it is a truth. Okay? And this says, let's see. Verse 8 says, For I have given to them the words which you have given me, and they have received them. So as a Christian, you have received these words that Christ has that Christ gave to us in his word, right? And these words that we have received came from God. So now our words, again, by proxy of Jesus and God, are truth, as this word says. So if our words are our truth, what truth are we telling to other people? What truth are we saying over other people? What is the truth? Are you cursing them? Even Deuteronomy says that we have the power to curse and to bless. We saw that with the story of Jacob and Esau and how Jacob, um, now, hold on, because I haven't read the story in a while. Uh, Jacob, have I love Esau, have I hate it. How Esau, nope, Jacob, see, I almost got it wrong. Jacob went into his father, Isaac pretending to be Esau to get the blessing because Esau was the oldest, right? And in those days, their word was bond. So his Isaac was about to die. And the purpose of blessing the, the oldest son was to kind of give, you know, all of the land or whatever he had that was his, um, what is it, inheritance to that son. And because Jacob was a little bit younger, the instead of splitting it, it went to Esau, who was a little bit older, even though they were twins. And so Esau, Jacob put hair all over him, his arm so that when, when Isaac felt it, he knew he thought it was Jacob, um, excuse me, Esau, Lord. <laughs> so Jacob stole the inheritance, right? And that is why Jacob had such a hard struggle. He had such a hard struggle because he stole the blessing. And the blessing was literally just words from his father. That entire story is a reminder of the power that we possess in our word. It has the power to bless and the power to curse. And you see that within your own life when you were, when you were growing up. And the things that your parents said to you that made you feel good or made you feel bad about yourself. And I see that. I'm not a parent, but I have a niece that lives with me. And I see that, you know, in speaking to her. And if you say anything that makes her feel bad, I immediately, you know, go back and take that. You can't take it back, but you can give give them... Um, something else that gives them power. Um, for instance, yesterday, Zoe was helping me with dinner and she, she was chopping up some lettuce for a salad and it was taking her a long time. So I said, wow, how long is it going to take you to chop this lettuce? And immediately she kind of deflated on herself and she just kind of felt bad because it was taking her a long time. And I was just like, you know, it's not a dig against you. I wasn't trying to make you feel bad. I generally just wanted to know, you know, did you need help? And, you know, I just, I just kind of wanted to let her know that this wasn't a negative and it, it wasn't a dig against her. And then, and then another thing that I wasn't allowed 
as a child was to tell my feelings or why I felt this way. If I was told to be quiet or to shut up, it was because I said so. It wasn't a reason why. So with my niece, um, her mother has, has set the precedent that it is okay for you to have a voice and to tell you know, your parents and your aunts and your grandparents how you feel. I was, we were, we weren't afforded that opportunity. So, you know, she told me that she, me saying that made her feel bad and that she was doing a bad job. And because, you know, when you're going through puberty, you're 14 and you want to just make sure that you are happy and, and just, you know, able to laugh and things like that. So I don't ever want her to feel bad because of something that I said and I didn't know that, you know, it would make her feel that way. So it is just, you know, when you ha- when you have kind of authority over people, it is your job to ensure kind of their well-being, even as a manager. You want them to produce at this level. It is up to you to pour good things into them. As their mother, as their father, you want your child to be raised well-rounded and, you know, a person that loves and respects other people. It is up to you to teach them that and pour good things into them. When you sit and yell and, and scream and say all manner of evil things to your child, you cannot expect them to be happy, healthy, um, good kids when you're not teaching them that. It is up to you to start when they are children, when they are babies, pouring good things into them. No, um, my mother died when I was eight, so um, a lot of things, I never had any good things poured into me, like, after she died, you know? And the sad part is the things that happened after she died overshadowed anything that came before she died. I don't even really have memories of her before she died. I have memories of me before she died, but I don't have memories of her. So I don't have any memories of anything she may have poured into me. I only have the aftermath of her death. And that is traumatizing in and of itself. Um, Then have to deal with being raised until you're 18 without mother or father and really raised about people around people who weren't that nice to you growing up, you know. So it is imperative, I believe, to pour into everyone around you, children, friends, you know, parents, you know, loved ones, whomever, pour into them. If they do something fantastic, you know, praise them for that, you know. Don't feel jealous. Don't be jealous of people that you love. Praise them for the, their accomplishments. Tell them you have done an awesome job. I am proud of you. These are things that kids love to hear from their parents. Start now. And because I am such a huge proponent of this, because it was something that was missing in my life, I actually just wrote a children's book. It's called My Little Thankful Heart, and it is for um, children up to seven years old. And it basically is telling the story of how 
um, how to look at things differently when you have gratitude, when you practice gratitude. And within the, there is a specific story, but in the back of the book, after the story, is going to be gratitude activities that parents can do with their children to teach their children that saying thank it being grateful and practicing gratitude is more than just saying thank you thank you is a common courtesy it is not it is more gratitude practicing gratitude is more than the common courtesy of saying thank you and so the book really is about the story of of you know how a little girl looked at looked at things differently uh, about something that she you know uh, I don't want to t- tell the whole story. I'm trying to um, kind of get different words, but it is basically a, a little girl who um, who is trying to who is being taught to look at a situation through the eyes of gratitude. That's really how it is, and um, showing that once you look at things differently, you have a different outcome than what you may have had initially. And then um, that's kind of the, the premise of the story. But I didn't want to leave it there because I think that, yes, it's a, it's a really cute story for kids, obviously. And you can just read it to them. It, it'll hold their attention for a couple seconds. But I wanted to get the parents involved by giving them activities to um, give their kids every day, you know, it's just, it's, it's, to me, it's such a great thing. And I wanted to mention it because I, re- I need you guys' support. Once it drops, which is at the um, Illustrator now, and I had a, another Illustrator, but when he was done, I didn't like the illustrations. So I had to get a new Illustrator. So that, that's been a whole ordeal. Or it would have been dropped by now. But I got a new illustrator and he's working on it now. So I am hoping by the middle of June it should be out. Um, Yeah. So I just wanted to mention it because I I would like you guys to support. And, you know, showing people, not just supporting purchasing, but showing people that this is a good idea to start teaching your children now that now is the time to to put you know pour these things into them one of the best ways like if you are following the book the science of getting rich that we just that we just finished Tuesday that then you'll know that one of the biggest things that Wallace Waddles states in his book is the practice of gratitude and that is one of the I have identified the four steps in the certain way that he says to act. And one of those is gratitude. Gratitude is number three and number four in that book. And if you haven't listened, it's eight, it's eight episodes. Just go back and start with episode one. But gratitude is, to me, the start, the middle, and the finisher of manifesting yes there's other things that you can do obviously but if you do nothing but be grateful every day of your life you will reach every goal you've imagined for yourself guaranteed
Gratitude is life. Gratitude is a better life. Gratitude is everything. It is a prayer. Gratitude is praise. It is everything. It is a vibe. It is a, a high vibe that you that when you practice it all day, your vibes just raise. You know, it is a mood lifter and changer. Gratitude is everything, you know? And I would never have reached this point in my life had my grandmother not told me and kind of just hammered into me that in all things give thanks. And because I was going through so much as a child, I didn't understand that what she was saying to me. And it is a scripture, it's a paraphrased scripture, but I didn't understand it. And I was angry that she kept telling me that because what, what am I giving thanks for? I have no mother, I have no father, and I'm treated poorly. What am I giving thanks for? But she kept saying to me, in all things give thanks. And it didn't click in till till 20, almost 30 years later what that actually meant to me so I want and I think that had she been able to pour into me and my mother not die I would have had a different life a better life because I would have been able to grasp gratitude but I was stuck in the negative life that I had that I couldn't grasp gratitude but the foundation was laid so that when I was able to grasp it I was able to grasp it and hold on to it, and it became me. And that is why, that is literally how I became the gratitude chick. So I just, I think it's very appropriate to start your children off on the right way. And to me, the right way um, is not having them write three, you know, three, six, nine method or write lines or anything like that. It is turning things into a game for these kids, you know? They love games. Turn gratitude into a game. And that is why I'm going to have activities at the end of the story so that you guys can incorporate this game into your children's lives as young children because these are things that they will not forget as they grow older and older and older and older. It will become the same thing rolling around in their mind as that has been rolling around in your minds all of your lives when you think about money when all those negative thoughts have come into your mind about money as adults that were said to you as children this is what I'm talking about because as a child someone instilled those negative thoughts into you so now as an adult it has become part of your life and your dominant thought when you think about money and that is why you struggle so much with money because of the thoughts that have become beliefs, thoughts that were not your thoughts to begin with, but they have become beliefs of yours now. Because, and they, they become beliefs because someone affirmed that to you for over and over and over and over again your entire childhood. So I had no choice but to become your belief. And here we go back to affirming statements, right? So part of the book is going to have a gratitude affirmation. And then, you know, um, I didn't think, I I think I'm going to do an entire book about affirmations for kids. But I did want to put one gratitude affirmation. um, So as to not overwhelm the kids, something that they can repeat every morning. And then it reverberate through their mind for the rest of their lives, you know? So that is something that 
is in the works and hopefully within a month it'll be at Amazon so I I ask that you guys wish me well and you support me in that endeavor um we have gotten to 38 minutes of me just you know hammering about so I'm going to end the uh, recording right now thank you guys for tuning in to listen to this episode of manifesting in the bible I know I am I am unorthodox I know because I said a few cuss words. I know it's rude. I I apologize. But I am not a preacher. I am not a Sunday school or Sabbath school teacher. I am none of those things. I'm not a, a leader of, you know, Bible study. I am just coming in talking about subjects that I love the way I know how to say them. So, um, Look at me as me, not as someone who does, you know, Bible study on a regular. That's not my goal or my calling. It's, it, that's not my ministry, honey. So, but thank you guys for showing up for me. As always, you guys rock. Don't forget to add gratitude as a daily practice of your, in your life. As I just said, gratitude is the end all be all and it will change your life. You guys have a blessed day. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Babes Who Manifest podcast. I am your host, Luanza, aka The Gratitude Chick. Don't forget to subscribe and give my podcast five stars. If you have not already, join my Facebook group, Babes Who Manifest. Thank you.